Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast, the 50th episode hey. um, coming at you. Um, so we've cracked the, the 5-0 mark and hopefully uh, a fair few more to come. Happy days. First of all, Birdie. How's it going? 40. 50 and no cease and desist. We're doing something right, fellas. <laughs> Ham. <laughs> yep. Yep. And... Oh, just yep. yep. Okay, yep. and your host Hamish. Yep. Um, so, just running through what we're going to be touching on. Of course, the uh, trial with the three uh, top grades, uh, but then also the junior reps reviews. Uh, then I have a look at the news, including the injuries to come out of the weekend, uh, fan day, um, some news about the Warriors the investigation. Investigation in quotation marks, um, and then the NRL policy regarding indictable offences. Then we'll jump into the previews for the for the junior reps. Um, so to start us all off in the Tasha Gales, uh, the Eels coming up short 20-26 to 26 against uh, an undefeated West Tigers side who are the only two teams in that uh, grade that are undefeated going into round five. Um, so a really good showing from the from the women, four tries to five. Try scorers, uh, a double for Apati, one to Fua and one to Futialo, who's becoming a, a very common uh, name on the try scorers list and Akabu with two from uh, four off the boot. Um, so unfortunately not getting the result, but uh, compared to last season, uh, you can tell they've come across uh, along in leaps and bounds. Oh yeah, I just yeah they're doing a lot better. Um, they seem to be more skilled this year. There was a you know last year was just sort of like a, it seemed like a ragtag team, but this year they're really sort of you know doing well as as a team. It looks like they finally made the jump. Last year we were talking about how they're learning from um, week to week, game to game, you know, month to month. And it was a, you know, really long lesson for them in 2018. But they've made that big step forwards and they're competitive every week, even against the best teams in the competition. So a lot of credit goes to the girls um, for the returning talent, the ones that developed from last year. And obviously uh, for their coach, uh, uh, is it Paul, is it Frankie Pultour or is it um, no Joe Nullivao? Joe Nullivao, that's right. I knew it was one of the um, old, old Penrith boys, but obviously Joe played a, a season with us too in '09. So yeah, really, really impressed with the step forwards they've taken this year, and hopefully they can keep it going. Yep, exactly right. And then into the Harold Matthews thirty to twenty over the Western Suburbs Magpies, um, the try scorers. Now I did practice <laughs> these go. names off air. <laughs> so Tatino with two. And then Leah Le, no, no, Ulotu with one. Not bad. And Mugatutia with another. Uh, Spence and Kalachi. Kalachi oh. being a regular try scorer in this division. And then Tatino three from six off the boot. Um, so, Ham, you were in action there. And, and were you as well, 40? No, I wasn't. I was busy for that part of the, um, the day before getting out for that Super Saturday at Penrith. Yeah, I just I don't know with the Harold Mats this year. No, nothing's really sort of caught my eye in terms of um, elite or standout players sort of thing. Kalachi, obviously, is a very good runner of the ball, and his name's popped up a few times. Mugatudia, a very um, dominant running prop, um, puts on a fair few big hits too. I just I'm not sure if the, I'm not sure if the um, game plan. I suppose is right. They've got a big boy in David Lange who's incredibly quick, incredibly well built for this age, and they've got him set up three, three sometimes even four passes wide of the ruck. And you know, even with his size, and you think, oh yeah, we'll put him out on the edge, get him on a halfbacks. He's bigger than 
most other props. So, you know, I'd like to see him, you know, close one, maybe even two passes wide of the ruck, um, hitting at the posts. He'd generate a quick play of the ball. He'd be causing a lot of problems. I think he only had one, maybe two runs in his time when he was spent on the field, and there was a pretty even share of possession between the two teams. So I'd notice he's starting this week. So hopefully they get him a bit more ball and can see some more from the big fella. But yeah, I'd personally, I haven't seen much to excite me. They're just sort of, everyone's a very good player. They're still above average um, as shown by their ladder position and the, the way and the teams that they're beating. But there's no real standouts. There's no real ele- absolute elite players to me yet. On a side note, that uh, Harold Matthews team is ripe for a Billy Birmingham skit, isn't it? Sort of <laughs> nail out all the um, all the, the troublesome, you know, uh, Francis Fayofo Tuitina, and then we've got uh, P- P- Patrick Spence. Spence. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll move on to the uh, the SG ball. Uh, Eels running out winners, twenty eight to eighteen. This one at Campbelltown Stadium, while the previous match was at New Era Stadium. Um, we won't go on about it, oh. but. Uh, there's two Tohis in this team, so Caleb and Penioni yes, uh, cousins. Tohi. Cousins, there you yes. are. And Sam Liozu uh, on the try-scorer list. Uh, Tui Pelotu, who we usually see there, and Tyler Field as well. And Liozu, three from five and one from one penalty goals. Yeah, can't really say much. There's, they've got the... Um... Yeah, the feedback I got in this game was that it was very scrappy. And Ham will give you the um, the completion rates of both teams if you don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was um, Parramatta was at fifty seven percent completion rate, and the Magpies were at fifty six. I think I read. <laughs> what a game! So yeah, just not wouldn't have been a very good game to watch. I'm glad I went down to Cabramatta rather than Campbelltown. It looks like so. Yeah, the highlights are up on um, New South Wales Rugby League website. You can find them if you can navigate your way past all the State of Origin preview and recap, even though it's a long way until Origin, and it's been a long way past Origin, and <laughs> there's to, a lot of other things Origin that, adverts up there. that can be promoted from the NSWRL, but... Who cares about Tasha Gow, you know, having a great season? Yeah, <laughs> no, they'd rather promote Origin, which we all already know about. But yeah, there's the highlights on there. I don't think there's really anything Villiani that impressive Penicini, from that Birdie's, game. Birdie's boy remains one of the most dangerous... Uh, infield runners, the Eels like oh. using him on a cross, either an underneath crossing uh, route or just, you know, getting him to come back on a crash ball. And he's just, uh, you know, so hard to handle, uh, so explosive and quick on his feet for a bloke that's that well built. So, um, yeah, he's got a you know a bit of talent there and some wheels as well. Then into the Country Rugby League, uh, going down 28-14 in the Johns uh, Cup. Uh, but... I got to catch the um, the the Laurie Daly Cup, which was streamed on YouTube. Uh, the Eels were down 12 nil and came back to win 18 to 12. So a great rally. Um, and I apologise, I put that wrong up on Twitter on 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 Saturday. Um, I had the the wrong cup. I meant to say Laurie Daly Cup, not the Johns Cup. Um, but in any event, great fight back from the boys, and they remain undefeated in that competition. So out of our um, out of the five junior teams, two still remain undefeated going into. Um, round four in the Country Rugby League and round five in the New South Wales District Reps. Yeah, it's weird how they both had one draw each as well. That's yeah, a, exactly. And, and, and oh, Sorry, yeah, go on. I, I was just going to say in the SG ball, sitting at the top of the ladder with Manly, who also had that, we had that draw against. Yeah. 
I think early tip, I think that'll be close to... The, if they don't face each other in the finals, I think that might be the grand final with... um. I think the Illawarra Steelers have impressed me the most so far in the teams that I've seen us play. So only a small amount of teams, but I think those three are the ones to be looking out for early grand final tip. And let's get to the news now. First of all, the injuries. Oh, what am I talking about? <laughs> We're going into the three top grade games <laughs> first. Um, I've got ahead of myself. A bit of good news before bad news. <laughs> um, so Flegg going down 18-8 to eight with William Key and Afalo tri-scorers. Um, Ham and Forty, you were both out there That's for this right. match. Yeah, we were both out there early on the um, Saturday Avo. Uh, I mean, coming into this game, I don't think neither Ham or I were expecting miracles. Uh, Penrith are always a powerhouse in this grade. They are the way they, you know, scout their plays. Pick, and the they way always they... pick a big, fast team. That's right. And uh, the way they coach, too, it sort of takes advantage of the faster pace of the game. Uh, so considering that we were missing, uh, and obviously some of these players were never going to play flag because of their you know considerable talents being used elsewhere, but of the eligible players that weren't there, you had Dylan Brown, Jamin Salmon, Ethan Parry, Hayes Dunster, Oregon Kafusi, and Stefano Otoikamanu. So that's six of your you know absolute absolute best yeah, yeah. flag players. Um, and on top of that, you know there's some banged up guys that just came back in Johnny Fanua, and there's guys that are still out in Joe Tapari. So there's a lot of talent that's not in that starting team right now. But even so, the, the scoreline probably doesn't reflect it, but they were very competitive. They had um, some issues influencing an attack, but uh, their goal line defense was really good. A lot of Penrith tries were second-phase play from sort of midfield where it was some like ridiculous offloads. Um, one of their halves got away like an almost impossible offload between you know two or three defenders, um, and it was just you know indefensible. But... Uh, I thought um, Carl Snyder made, funnily enough, made his debut in the grade. Um, he played ISP in a trial before he played twenties. Um, he was really good. Uh, kicked yeah, another forty. You could tell that um, individually he was very crisp. He was, yeah. I thought he was pretty good defensively. He didn't really miss any tackles that I noticed. And um, this, is, this is coming from a kid that hadn't trained with him, as far as I know, for most of, if not all, of the preseason because he's been involved in the full time preseason. Yeah, I think so, he's only done one captain's run with them or there, something like that. There you so, go. Yeah. You know, individual is very crisp. He kicked 40 20. Um, Which we scored you can off. the difference between um, the delivery between him and someone like Vaya Tapa, who we've had in the past, um, who's obviously, obviously quite uh, not at the skill level of Kyle. Um, I thought he really once. Um, he settles down with the team. I, I think he'll be training with first grade and then only doing captain's runs with the flag. So there won't be that um, chemistry there as as much as you would like from someone like um, Kyle and the halfback in Bailey Beyond Yodo. But those two are talented enough that they'll pick up anywhere. Yeah, so looking at my notes that I put down on my website... Um, I had Biondiotto among um, the likes of Sharbel Tassapali and JP Noah as some of the better performers on the day. But I think we're all in agreement. Um, and I'll let you um, name who, who the guy that was player on the field for us was. <laughs> but um, there, was a, there was a newcomer that I, really impressed I off the bench. I hope it's the same one that you're thinking of. Oh, I, I, had a, I had a new recruit come in off the bench that was um, okay, yeah. a real standout through the middle. Who uh, yeah, uh, Jack Jordan. That's my boy. Come down, from, um, come down from Newcastle. He's got the bald head. He's got it shaved. He is an absolute beast in attack. There's a there's a YouTube highlights package of him if you search it. Um, he plays on the wing. He plays a prop. Plays uh, edge 
second row sort of thing. So, yeah, he was really impressive coming off the bench. I think every time he ran the ball, he was making 15, 20 metres a run with carrying defenders on him. He was a... Yeah, the, the real physicality that he brought, you know, he played with the sort of controlled aggression that you have from someone like Nathan Brown, but he's probably better built relative to the age group, whereas Brown is a little bit of an undersized lock forward. Um, you know, Jack Jordan is a unit, so that's the, the difference there. Yeah, um, I think because um, he was named in the um, 18, so I'm not sure if that was, you know, whether he's going to force his way into the top 17 or yeah. if that was planned for him only to get a few minutes because he played in the last... Um, flag troll, but I think he did a world of good for himself. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, coming on, um, other other notable things came out of the game. J, uh, JP Nara, uh, Johnny Fenua got banged up. I think at one point he was off, um, which prompted that reshuffle between um, uh, Fuller Lalo and JP Nora, where they sort of interchanged at fullback before Nora settled there. Uh, and just trying to think, um, yeah, it's going to be a you know quote unquote tough year for the twenties. They've got a lot of talent in SG Ball that'll come up and help them at some point later in the year. And they've got, as we listed at the start of the pre- on the review, there's a lot of talent playing upgrades. So they've just got to keep battling and, you know, keep keep themselves in a, a competitive position for the postseason. And then they'll get recruits coming back um, from up and up and below uh, various uh, grades. Anything well, yeah, else? This will be like a little, little bit of a preview for the year. Um, I think they'll get a massive boost from um, when the SG ball season finishes. I can see... Players like um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Penasini coming up. I Hollis think he's Hughes. physically ready for it. Uh, Sam Hughes and Dave Taylor, obviously. Dave Taylor. Um, did I say Dave Taylor? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know you know why? Because I'm looking at the team list now and I saw Taylor Moala. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, did, da- you, did you see that video of Dale, Dave Taylor the other Ooh, week? The fridge. Yes, I did. The well, fridge. He, he must be running at about 150 kegs at least. <laughs> easy, easy. Easy, we don't want to be like Aaron Mullen, man. It's a lot of junk in that trunk. No, no. Good. He, he wants to play at 150, I say. Good on him. <laughs> Let um, the boy the, play. Yeah, <laughs> don't fat the Still had some wheels. Still had some wheels. Well, that's Sean, the thing. Sean, he's, the always been, can play. he's always been a, a fascinating athlete, regardless of whether he's been fit or not. He's got that explosiveness that is really hard to find, just he's not disciplined. Anyway, uh, any, uh, any yeah, other takeaways? I, I meant David or? Hollis, and that's how we got into yeah. Dave Taylor. Yeah. Um, Trey Mooney is another one that could potentially come up. Jaden Skinner. So, you know, there's these, there's these young guys that I think will um, increase, help the team um, further on and will increase the depth of the team. Um, it just all depends how they do for that first... Oh, geez, how many how many rounds? is about four rounds before... We're four, nearly halfway rounds. through competition now, so there's another... Wait, how, Three did they weeks extend the competition? Or, I can't remember what they did to the district rep straw no, this year. No, still nine, still nine, nine rounds plus four so rounds another, finals. Yeah, so another five plus four. So another close to two and a half, two-ish months. So right? probably about round six, they'll be filtering through and seeing how they go then. So yeah, they'll, they'll just add um, a bit of depth. And in, in the cases of... Um, Hollis and I can be there, see them in the starting uh, 17. Yeah, well, they, they played flag last year and were, you know more than like you know capable in that capacity and now they're even bigger so yeah yeah i can see those two going through and um yeah really helping out the flag team which i think um through no photo of their own like they're still very in like talented players in that team it's just our more talented players won't be playing in that grade whereas a lot of other clubs do leave their talented um 19 and 20 year olds in flag so 
Then ISP, talking about talented players, 10-8 uh, loss, unfortunately, but Celesi Fienga and Ethan Parry again picking up another try. Oh, Fienga was uh, two of the force on Saturday, um, coming off a, a really beast. good preseason, and he needed it because his um, 2018 campaign wouldn't have been as great as he would have liked, but he, he's really torn into training, and he it showed on the field. Um, he had one, I think he played most of the game, didn't he? Yeah, he played, he about played three quarters easy, like uninterrupted yeah. three quarters before all the RMC guys came on. But uh, he had yeah, one... he was very good. There was uh, two moments, I think, I remember. The first one was um, he set up a line break for someone just with his skillful hands, and the second one, he exploded through a gap. Yeah, there was an um, offload, and he showed some lightning quick hands to shovel the ball out to the... Was it Hoffman or was the um, Bergman? I can't remember at what point in the I game can't, that it was. It was in the first half. I feel like it was in yeah. the first half. And um, the, there was an offload from um, Kane Evans, I think it was. Uh, or maybe it was Davey. I think it was Kane Evans. And yeah, he just had ridiculously quick hands to take the ball and get it out wide, which created a, a line break. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, when he ran onto that ball, it was late It was late in his stint too, so it wasn't... Sorry, we're we keeping you up there, Ham. Oh, no, I'm just... <laughs> Sometimes people get up early and they've been to the gym and they're tired. It's all hey, right. I was up at I was up at um, quarter right. to five this morning. I'm still let's, going. Let's not let's not have a let's not have a pull down your pants competition here. This isn't Penrith. This no, it's not Penrith. I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to have to borrow your ass because I've worked mine off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I settled keep down. The, keep the poskers away. Down. <laughs> Keep the phones away. Keep the phones away. <laughs> yeah. No, no Snapchat. Um, but yeah, Celestia was fantastic. Uh, he scored a try late in the first half, uh, running off Jamin Salmon. It was a really nice ball from Salmon and a great angled run from the half. Or well, he was playing half in the game, but Fanger funded onto the ball in the second half. He had a, a fifty meter line break, and it was like nothing doing. He just you know ran hard. Um, he had one bad moment where he was acting as a playmaker down the right side and tried to get a grubber kick away when he ran the ball in the last, um, and it, it sort of just got trapped on his foot, but that was about it. He was really good. Ethan Parry didn't get many opportunities, but he scored the opening try of the game with a really strong crash ball. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking for my notes. I'm trying to recall. It was a, a big day. Oh, well, obviously, it was our first look at the um, the new Fijian sensation, Maker Sivo. Uh, once again, like Ethan, the opportunities are pretty sparse for him as far as uh, genuine attacking uh, chances because the ball just didn't get out wide. But he worked really hard rucking the ball out. And uh, he's just, a, as everyone saw in the first grade game, he's just a big unit. You know, he's real solid. Um, Kane Evans was okay, as was Oregon Kafusi. Uh, Jamin Sam was pretty good at 5'8", although I still think he's probably more of a center, which is why he's trained there. In the yeah, first I think um, Sivo needs to go in looking for the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, it was, it's not a knock on him or anything. It's just he seemed to be a bit starved out there, and with his size and speed, he should be. Um, you know, even if he comes in on the third and fourth tackle, looking for that hit up. I'm sorry again. I'm yawning. You want another smart-ass comment, Hamish? Yeah. <laughs> I give him a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a pass mark. Never, because uh, <laughs> as I was going to get to, Josh, Josh Hoffman. Uh, hurt himself somehow very early in the piece and uh, that uh, Bergman came in and he's a fullback by trade for Wente in the RMC um, but he, he struggled to get the ball out wide he um, he killed a couple of overlaps so uh, but it was um, what was really impressive for Wente was the defensive performance um, a bit like the 20s they're a little bit clunky in attack you could see that there, there isn't a clear organising half in the grade uh, Reese Davies obviously tries hard and Jamin Salmon had flashes of his talent uh, but he won't be there long term at Wendy, or at least you hope not. You know, for Parramatta's sake, that he does well in first grade. 
but there's clearly not an organizing, stabilizing presence in the halves. And so they sometimes get lost in the red zone. Uh, but the defensive commitment on the Rip Taylor was excellent. Um, the RMC guys shut out the really talent. Much like in the first grade game, Penrith kept their core talent of that grade on the on the field for a long um, long while into the second half, and the RMC guys defended it really well. Then the first grade, uh, very pleasing result, 20 to nil. Uh, what try was that, scorers, Can you just repeat that for me, please? Um, I think it was uh, 20 to... Um, oh. Somebody, uh, I heard you were doing a run out to Krispy Kreme there, Ham. Oh, for a big fat donut. I've got some donuts to hand oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, George Jennings, Penny Terrapo, Sean Lane, and uh, Ham's boy, Mika Sivo, uh, try scorers. And um, very pleasing uh, result, uh, especially in defence. A uh, bit of a back and forth clunky affair. Uh, lots of penalties, lots of drop ball. Um, but I don't think either t- side showed as much as they will in round one in attack, um, but, we but at the end of the day, yeah, we can't couldn't. be too uh, we unimpressed. But we couldn't show anything in attack. Penrith were all over us in the ruck, lying in the ruck, walking through the ruck, jumping over the top of the game? defenders. Stats of the game. As yeah, the most important the, stat was... Um, the play-to-ball difference was fascinating. Play-to-ball speed. Ours was 4.2 seconds. Penrith was yeah. like... 3.7 seconds. 3.7, 3.8. We, we yeah. dominated in the game, the whole game. How was our play the ball speed slower? And it wasn't like our forwards weren't running hard and, and getting past the advantage line. They were making, like, I, I looked at the numbers, Penrith were making about 7 metres a run on average, and we were making like 8.8 or something like that. So we were killing them on a, on a per-run basis, yet the referees let them lay all over us to the tune of nearly half a second difference. Could you imagine what we would have done if we were afforded that time. I know we got a lot of penalties out of it, but I, I didn't want to see penalties. I wanted to see good attacking... Fo- I wanted to see good attacking footy, and that's what Gould complains about. He was complaining about it in the commentary when I watched the replay. He was complaining, oh, got to see good attacking footy. These refs are um, taking that away from us. Well, no, it was your team. It was your team, mate. So smart enough with the program, Gould. <laughs> that's a, that's a, I'm laying down the challenge. That's I down the challenge for Phil. Felipe Come get some. Ronald Gould. The West is ours. Suck on that, you <laughs> rat well, bags. For at least a couple of weeks until round one. Too soon? Too soon? No, <laughs> Not I, soon so, enough. So I missed the first half, and from what I can, um, from from what people said was it was a bludger of a first half. A lot of penalties from uh, Penrith, but um, I'm just, yeah... I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Like, obviously, I'm happy to win because the Panthers fans on Twitter just piss me off. But um, <laughs> I'm more worried about the the injuries that will, you know, like that's that's it really. Because like, it's just one of those. Just we got it. We played. That's it. Got over with. You know, like even though I was raving last year, last season we had no not not enough trials. Like, I just feel it was a waste. If that makes sense, you know. But. No, I've been a I've been a hypocrite, you know. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> At least you admit it. That's all right, yeah, well, buddy. Well, if we had, if the we, first step. Yeah, if we if if was if there was less penalties, um, maybe more um, attacking attacking sets, you know, like uh, in terms of our back line. But like other than that, you know, I thought um, this was the first time I saw that um, that Fiji wing. What's his name? Sivo Mako. Or like, Sivo, I, I've got to start yeah. paying attention to the pod, but. He's huge, you know. <laughs> He's a you know, unit. Like, he is. Oh, a unit, and yeah. and what made it funny was um, Gus didn't know who he was, even though he was at the club for from what? Penrith. Couple, yeah, yeah he he's knew. just he knew. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just thought, um, I don't know, I, I'm not going to lie, I thought Brown, his, his um, footwork, like how he could change direction, like his stepping was something that we've missed because... Dylan, you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, Dylan Brown, Very, that's it, yeah. Because yeah. like when Norman, when we had Norman, uh, it looked a bit clunky, but this guy looks like a real, like, you know, zip-zip, you know, to use an old um, nickname for players, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just upset about the injuries. What's, what's new? Paramedic injuries always, you know, so... <laughs> yeah, after after last year, uh, hopefully it can only get better, but it was a bit of a, a sour twist on a, a pretty solid defensive effort. Um, I suppose we can get to that a bit later if we want to talk about the positives first. I, I can't recall if it was articulated on the stream when I was watching the bits and pieces, um, obviously after Saturday, um, catching up on it. Uh, but Penrith never defended with 12 men because it was a trial. When James Maloney got binned, they brought on Jerome Luai, and which was I suppose... Or was it Katoa? I thought it was the 20, yeah, which was Luai. No, no, because Luai was already on for clear, and then um, Katoa come on and pushed Egan out to the hub. So as, you know, as I don't think clunky is the right word, but as, you know, un, unpolished, you know, as the attack was at times, they still put 20 points on a full defensive lineup uh, in, the, in the 80 minutes. The Panthers don't get to use that as an excuse. So that, I, that I know they right. were missing Kakao, but... Let's be realistic. I mean, that that four. They're pack, also um, missing Mansoor oh, as well. But like in terms of the four missing, pack, the four were they pack missing is Tyrone shit. May? Oh. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that later when we get to the uh, yeah, yeah news. Um, sorry, Betty, you wanted to go? Oh, I was just saying, like I know they're missing Kakao in the four pack, but their four pack is dreadful. Like last year, they had on the bench Merrin and Tama at times. This who have they got this year? Like surely we've got a better pack than them, like all round in terms of depth. So. They're going to struggle this year, Penrith, for us you know? as well. Yeah, Junior, they're going to they're have to. They relied last year on their big um, outside backs to get them out of sets, but they're going to rely on them even more this year because they just got no go forward. So yeah, Junior was. Yeah, well, I think the. Uh, sorry, how much you go? No, no, sorry. That that's an important point you raised. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah, Junior nursing a hamstring niggle of some some degree, um, and he was rested for that <clears throat> that game, which allowed the opportunity for our forwards to step up, and evidently they did. Um, Tepe Morolo, that was the most comfortable he's looked in the middle, I think, ever since, you know, flirting with that transitional role that he's had at Parramatta where he's played in both uh, the right edge and the middle. Um, he was very strong. He was thumping Fisher-Harris in defense and was running tough. Um, and then you had Penny Trepo, who looked like he hadn't taken a day off since 2018. Um, he was coming off the back fence every single carry. And then you just go through the forwards. Um, Sean Lane looked really good, a lot of great offloads. He did push it once, which led to a turnover, although I thought the Penrith... Uh, the receiver of the ball was offside from the first touch from the other Penrith player, but that you know that's the referees. What you're going to do? And yeah, and Murata looked pretty good on the other edge. So the forward, the forward back played pretty well. Yeah, I thought my standouts uh, in the game were, of course, talking about forwards. Uh, Reed Marnie, uh, you said he looked like a little bit off last time. Sorry, my birds is going nuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you said he looked like, a bit. Uh, yeah, he had, he had a little bit of rust on in the first trial, but geez, he shook it off. He was very good. Yeah, and then also I thought Terapo he was crazy. Um, he just wanted to belt blokes, and then Tim Manor pl- uh, played a pretty good stint off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what he's going to come down to. Probably thirty or so minutes off the bench. That seems to be his role these days. Um, and then other, st- uh, well, Moses had uh, an up and down game as is mm-hmm. want to be, um, and and Brown he certainly stepped up to the plate as well. Um, and then I think George we're gonna, Jennings. We're going to have to qualify, really, guys. We've got two Browns in the team now. I know, I know we're talking yeah. about Dylan there, but we've got two Browns. <laughs> and and um, 
and then George Jennings, you can tell that he he understands that there's a couple of players breathing right down his neck, um, ready to, to take up that uh, left wing spot if he should falter. Um, but he really put his best foot forward um, on the weekend. And the difference of having Ferguson in the team, it's like, oh. um, you know, there's not going to be a, a another semi, but um, he's in that mould that just the work that he does, and it's something that Forty touched on the other week, coming in for that second carry on a set, um, just really pitching in and and, and doing a, a forwards work out, out out of the back there. I couldn't yeah, believe. I was, was going to mention gonna say, that he would would have been my um, man of the match, Fergie, because just every single time we had a kick kick return set, he was in there second tackle, just taking the hit up. Didn't didn't matter where it was on the field, he would take the hit up. He would make 10, 15 meters run. He was a pest towards um, Tyron Phillips and Wanga Blake. They couldn't defend him in the air. Wanga Blake gave away a penalty on the first or second set that we were attacking down there. Um, yeah, I think for round one that could be if Moses gets his pass right and gets Tacker on the outside of Wanga Blake, I think that could be very, uh, very deadly combination with Tacker and Fergo. He's got a physical presence on the field that was like Semi. Like you look at him from the sidelines and he is huge. Like Semi was like so almost larger than life athletic and uh bike gives me that similar vein when you look at him on the sidelines he's just an absolute monster physically and i understand that there's other wingers that are you know close to his build but he just you look at him compared to other players and he looks big and you know and that, that's on a field of giants because that's you know elite rugby league but uh he is a big boy and he plays like it too like Eric Grove Jr., man, he was like another forward out there for yeah, us. That, yeah, that's exactly right. And that, that's probably the grandfather of more is um, Eric Grove. Oh, sorry, Eric Grove Sr. and then his son, Eric Grove Jr. They both were, were in that very vein of player where they you know, can dominate forwards and other players from the, the wing. But yeah, he was he was very good in the right edge. Um, it was a shame about Manu getting injured, but we got the same used in the role that we, we sort of dabbled in in 2018. Um, coming off the bench, well, he didn't come off the bench in 2018, but he came off the bench to play lock forward. Um, and, you know, we, we've obviously got one undersized lock forward in Nathan Brown, but uh, Manu sort of added something a little bit different with his offloads, late offloads, and, um, you know, his explosiveness around the middle. And it's a shame that he might be out for a while because he looked very good um, coming off the bench. Now, does anybody have anything else to add or otherwise we'll just get to the, um, the injuries coming from that match? Um, uh, can you say the score again, please? Twenty to blot nil zip nada nothing. Lovely, thank you. The uh, West one, is one ours. For, I keep for saying a, that. a week and a half. One thing I will um, close on is that uh, we've talked about him before, but Ethan Parry is doing his damnedest to um, force the club's hand for an upgrade on his contract. Although there's obviously some, some rules that have come out recently about how development players can be upgraded to a bottom seven, top thirty contract or some sort of um, red tape. But uh, he, he played really well in the first grade trial. Um, he played wing and centre and defended like a a man possessed, as did Maker Sivo. How was that try-saving tackle? I don't know how he got there. He came from nowhere. Like, in the middle of the field, he just guns down um, the... I think it was the Penrith back row that made the line break. Uh, and uh, you know, Fisher-Harris. Fisher-Harris. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, well, Katoa yeah. made the line break. And yeah, passed, it was and the Passed, passed Fisher-Harris, yeah. Yeah, and it really impressed Brad Arthur, obviously, because he made a, a special point of it in the um, the post-game uh, media talks. So, yeah, I think like. just as impressive was the, the hustle after that play to get everybody back on that outright mm. edge, their left edge, uh, which, of course, um, uh, 
put it in the hands of a Cartwright and they'll throw some stupid offload. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a lot of good hustle in defence and, and that's the reason that it was kept to nil. All right, well, that wraps it up. Um, again, don't get too inflated. Um, we're going to play them again in two weeks. Yeah, it's only a trial um, in the end. Yeah, it is only a trial, and they'll have a couple of players back. Um, we're losing two players, but we'll have a couple back in junior. And um, Nathan Brown with another um, game under his belt, so he'll be the better for wear on that too. Um, but, yeah, we're under... What We're just... No, are we under or we're just over? Just over two weeks away. Just under two weeks away. From our game, but from the NRL, it's only a week and a couple of days now. Isn't it next yeah, week? Right. Next Thursday, the Brisbane Melbourne game is yeah. it? Is that what we're? Yeah, there we are. Week? So, so we're uh, we're under two weeks. Sorry, my bad. I can't do math today. Um, <laughs> long day. Has so, it been a long day or something? Has it? Oh, you know, as I said before. <laughs> oh, it's pistols at twenty paces between Ham and Hamish. <laughs> uh, so injuries to come out of that Manu Ma'u who seems to have done an MCL they reckon it's a grade 2 so he's out in the range of I think between 5 to 7 weeks sounds about right um, so we won't see him back until about round 6 it looks like they're going to take it um, pretty slow with Ma'u and um, we've got a couple of second rollers that can come in Ham's uh, sorry Birdie's boy um, Hakuna Murata. How, Hakuna Murata. How good is the run that's praising Murata now? First he praised uh, Mitchell Moses, now Murata. I'm thinking Ron's been abducted, man. Or a new Ron <laughs> in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, and that's some, something um, that Forty raised on on the weekend about who's raised their stocks the most, and it probably is Murata. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. Yeah, because um, he, he looked like a, you know, a, and he was a rookie, obviously, but he looked like a, a guy that was not quite comfortable in first grade last year, and now he's just running physically, just tough, hard footy, love it, you know, no nonsense, let your half just hit you on a hole, and then see if the defense is good enough to stop you. And again, that's really unfortunate for Mau, who of course came out last year doing that cheekbone in the um, game for Tonga, uh, so he's had an extended stint out of first grade, which is going to be... Uh, prolonged unfortunately but I don't think he's got to walk up starting second row spot when he is available um, he's probably going to have to battle it out with Sean Lane and also Murata Neokore, um to get that spot because it seems Moreau is more playing a middle role these days now yeah it's a congested little battle for positions there isn't it so I mean having you know quality plays having to fight it out is a better you know better thing than not and last year and some other years it's really hurt us not having those guys being able to contend for positions so hopefully he can come back and and heat up the competition in those uh, back row spots and then of course uh, Stefano Otui Kamanu coming off injured too he came on, off under his own weight um, but there is a report from the uh, NRL physio or, or is that what he calls himself on Twitter yes. yeah, yeah, yeah at NRL yeah. physio yeah, I saw him. He was back out uh, diagnosing injuries for Scott Drinkwater of Storm. So he better he better watch himself, or he'll he'll get reprimanded again. <laughs> um, but he he seemed to think um, off initial video that it was a syndesmosis injury, and given um, previous syndesmosis injuries, um, they're 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 hard beasts to tackle. Um, so I'm not quite sure how long Stefano will be out for. It feels uh, like, but I assume the club will like be a, um, clear either, either like a two week or like a you know. A two to three month injury so you ever you, you're barely out because it's a really light one or you're out for a while so i don't know he's a big boy so there's a lot of weight coming down on that ankle if it's a syndesmosis injury 
and that'll wrap up the um, the reviews um, and the injury news. Then on to the Eels fan day. Uh, I got out there, uh, got got a photo with uh, the King uh, Gutho. Um, very stoked with that. Um, but <laughs> sounds <laughs> all, like it. All, <laughs> all the boys out there, they were fantastic. Um, I was only out there from three, um, but it seems like all the bandwagoners have jumped off because last year, Bertie, you were you were out there at oh, fan day. Oh yeah, man, and that was it, a pain. And the two tents, there were two signing tents, and both of them had about a two-hour lineup. Um, on Sunday, there was the one signing tent, and it had about twenty people in it when I arrived at three. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was um, there was there was plenty of room to move about, um, and all the first graders were there. Fergie, um, he, he he was getting a lot of love. Uh, so was Gutho, of course. Um, Moses still gets a bit of love. Um, no, no, they were all very well behaved, and, and especially the the flag players. They were really putting themselves out there, and and um, yeah, it was a fantastic day for all. Uh, Ham, you would have loved it, bouncing castle. Oh, face paint. Damn it, should have gone. Should have gone. I was too Top, tired though. Uh, balloon. Um, still tired. got the balloon at home. Yeah, I know it's tough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and um, Bernie Gurr gave a speech as well. Um, there wasn't really too much to it, other than you know we've got our stadium opening up, and just on that, I got my um, my membership cards today. So yep. fingers crossed, they're in the mail for everybody else. Got mine. They should be with you shortly. Have with the shots from the the long, like the long view shots from behind the goals of the turf being rolled out. Fantastic. Yeah. Everything about the stadium good. has just been fantastic. All the all the photos that come out, the drone footage. I've loved it all. There's a guy on Twitter, I'm not going to name him, maybe because he doesn't want his name published, but he has a view from his apartment block of the stadium, and when it was lit up, it looked unbelievable. Next to the, what are they called, the river or the dam, whatever it's called, you know? It looked unbelievable. Yeah, it looked unbelievable. <laughs> and honestly, man, that, that apartment view is worth it. I don't know how much you paid, but I just assume it's worth the view, you know? So, well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> Next to the river or dam. <laughs> oh, yeah, so. <laughs> I, I, I know what Birdie's saying because at one point there is like a little bit of a dam wall. Yeah. And then it goes through the yeah. Is, yeah. 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 I know what you're referencing. Just it's fine. Yeah, it's the Parramatta River. You know, the theatre that's on, <laughs> alongside. Yeah. The one you've got to cross the bridge to get to. That's what I meant, you know. A body of water. How about that? There we go. I'll, I'll accept it, that. Is, is it a place where the eels lie? Hey. Wasn't, that, wasn't that supposed to be at a beach? Apparently, the government was going to dump a whole heap of sand to make a permanent beach. A, there's been a lot of different like reclamation and and redevelopment, uh, like um, what's it called, bio uh, green plans for Parramatta River, but nothing's ever come ahead of it. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about trying to make it like a, a tourist venue and, and highlight. <laughs> but yeah, I know, I know, it, can't, it pops up like once a year. Um, talking about other things that have popped up, uh, we'll oh, get Jesus. into the... That's enough of that. That's don't have to talk, oh, After that... Oh, that's segue, segue of the season right there. What's the pop-up? Oh, the, oh, the, oh, the, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, no. The ARL Commission no Chairman Peter Beattie and NRL CEO Todd Greenberg have announced there has been a unanimous agreement from the Commission that there will be a no-fault stand-down for players who are charged with serious criminal offences. So these are offences which carry a jail term of a maximum of 11 years and also uh, offences that they deem serious if it involves women or children and violence. Um, so three players have now been stood down. First of all, Jack DeBellin, and then um, from Manly... Um, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan Walker. Yeah, Dylan Walker. 
Um, and then also, of course, the big news coming out of Panthers in the last couple of days, Tyrone May um, has been stood down as well pending his um, hearing regarding distribution and filming of um, uh, two, I think, is it two different ladies? I um, believe that's what the, twi- uh, the Twitter report said, that two women have come forward as complainants or, or um, uh, what's it called, witnesses or whatever they call them. So, lessons to be learned... Um, why, why do people film this stuff and then distribute it? Uh, get consent, boys, um, and, and women for that matter too. Um, but, yeah, just put the phone just, away, please. Yeah, not everyone... You, you don't need to see it. There's a, no. there's a lengthy debate you could have about the no-fault stand-down policy, but at the end, I can understand where the NRL's coming from. After the um, off-season of hell, they had to take a strong stance um, and... I imagine the RLPA won't be too impressed with it, and they'll probably um, be pushing back at some point um, in regards to the no-fault stand-down uh, policy. But the players uh, have to get on board sometime. That's, that's like, exactly it, right. Honestly, this off-season has just been—it's been too much. As a, as a staunch supporter of rugby league, I'm not going to come out and say that I'm not going to support the game anymore because I will be supporting the game. But it's just—you you can't bring people in by doing that, and so by bringing this hard stance, you're saying to people. This is the line. Don't cross it. This, we've, got, we've, we've actually got a line. Not this, you know, we'll, we'll think about it when it comes up. We'll know we've got a line. No, and we'll stick to that, it. That's and why that's I agree it. with the NRL. The, you can understand why the NRL reached the conclusion that they did. Um, you know, like I said, there's, there's, there are merits to you know, the other approach where it would have been letting the player be uh, judged innocent until proven guilty and being allowed to play. But this off-season sort of put the um, the kibosh on that. Uh, you know, too many incidents, too many serious incidents, and the NRL really need to come down hard. And so, you know, the the NRL is guilty of you know flip-flopping and and inconsistent uh, you know judicial process a lot of times. But I agree that this needed to happen, and hopefully they can you know meet out the justice consistently now, or hopefully they don't have to because the players learn their lesson. But that seems unlikely. And if anyone's out there saying that. You can just provide a false thing to the police and have someone suspended. There's so much... You'd know, Hamish, yourself, how much has to be proven to police before they even get charged and arrested. So it won't be this flimsy thing that they can stand down any player that they want by coming out and saying, no, a lot has to be done before it even gets to that point. Yeah, um, the police don't go off and charge willy-nilly, even though they've got a new mandate where if somebody reports a, a sex uh, or a rape sort of claim, that their new position, and I think it's it's probably Australia-wide, is that they're going to believe the complainant um, and then let the court sort it out. Uh, but um, what will happen, even if the police lay the charge, gets referred to the, to the New South Wales DPP, and then they conduct their own um, assessment of the, the matter regarding uh, on the evidence available, and then also looking at what the components of the charge are. Um, so if they don't think there's a prima facie case or, or there isn't enough evidence to, to get close to a conviction, then at some point they'll withdraw those charges if they have been laid. That was the one quirk to come out of the uh, the no fault stand down policy is that all clubs have been held to the standards of the New South Wales uh, courts, aren't they? Um, and there are slight variances between states, and I'm not sure where New Zealand falls along this scale. But with some of the charges, there can be like a minor change, minor change in um, sentence lengths and whatnot, because the 11 year 
uh, that was the line that Sam wasn't it? The eleven year uh, jail time charge was like essentially that, that's your, that's a maximum. So what they're no, talking I'm about is serious. That's right. It was just like one of the weird quirks is that that they everyone's been held to the standards of the New South Wales judicial system. Like I'm not saying it's yeah, wrong. I, I, th- I think they are pretty close uh, across state borders without looking at it properly. But essentially, what they're getting at is serious indictable that's, that's offences. That's exactly right. So. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with once again with the the premise behind it. Just it's it could lead to potentially, I suppose, uh, you know, a quirk down the road. But you'd imagine that, like you said, seriously serious indictable offences will just mean that you're being stood down, as we've seen with Tyron May, because I'm not sure if he qualifies for that 11 year. Uh, no, it, it, it's a three-year maximum on those ones. Um, but, again, that's the second limb of it if it's against violence or, or something against that's women right. in that nature. And, and this is domestic violence um, if you're distributing uh, videos and images of mm-hmm. of people when you don't have that authority from them to, to distribute them. That is a form of domestic violence. So, um, very appropriate uh, to stand him down at this point under that new policy. Exactly. Then we'll jump into the Warriors news. So the NRL have um, left no stone unturned. Uh, They have (laughs) conducted a very thorough uh, review of the Warriors' attempted poaching of Dylan Brown. Um, But... Oh, there's there's no case to be... to to answer. So I'll just read from the... um, Sorry, that's just my phone. I'll just read from the, um, the extract, which is... Warriors CEO Cameron George um, it was pleased to be vindicated. Um, the integrity unit have told us that there is no case to answer in terms of what was alleged. Um, I was very disappointed that a club would allege something like that against us when there was f- clearly misinformation provided to the club. It was very poor. It's disappointing that another club decided to make comments to press about it. If I had an issue with another club in a similar situation, I would certainly deal with it from CEO to CEO perspective. It was unfortunate that false allegations were thrown out way because of an individual journalist and another club. Um, so... You can be confident that the NRL have conducted a very, very thorough investigation. In fact, I, I do have some live audio uh, from the NRL in regard to the investigation. I'm, I'm just going to play that for you. Just, are, you, are you just terrible? And I will. I, I did speak about it, and uh, I don't believe that he would have allowed that to happen. It just wasn't to his advantage to allow that to happen. And bad things happened. But I really don't believe that he was... Uh, he, he, I don't believe he knew about it. Did, did he say Did he tell you that he did not... Badly about it. Did I did, did speak to him. He did, felt very badly. But he knew the case very well. But he knew it later. And, you know, you got a lot of people. A big country. A lot of people. And some really bad things happened to Otto. Some really, really bad things. Why, why are you... But he tells me... He tells me that he didn't know about it. And I will take him at his word. Uh, uh, yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Very good, very good. Good old, good old Trump Greenberg. <laughs> oh, nah, oh, I, I, I can't. Oh. <laughs> that's probably a bit harsh on harsh on the Todd after coming down um, and delivering a good mandate with the uh, you know the no fault stand down. I'm not surprised. It involves a player manager. The player managers are nigh untouchable, as we learned after 2016. Um, I do appreciate... I think one news report tried to frame it as Parramatta's fault for giving the Warriors the wrong information. I mean, who's meant to be doing the due diligence when you're trying to poach someone? The club that has the player on their books or the club trying to take the other player? So, I don't know. <laughs> the the long story short is that Dylan still has the 2020, I suppose. It's unfortunate because it gives his manager a market now 
that the Warriors are framed for him to say, well, when you didn't know him, they offered him this sort of insane offer. Now that he's had a really good season for you, I want more. Like, so yeah. it, it hurts our ability to renegotiate, which really sucks. Um, but I'm not surprised that nothing came of the uh, quote-unquote poaching attempt. And that'll wrap up the news, I, I think. Thought you got, I thought you got abducted by North Korea for a second there, Hamish. <laughs> no, sorry, I was just on the phone. I just, yeah, yeah sort the stuff out. You know, not something to mess around with, mate. You don't you don't come after um, Kim Jong. He'll, um, he'll put you in the camps. <laughs> Previews. Uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday at McCready, uh, Saturday, sorry, at McCready Park. Eels taking on the Sharks in the Tasha Gales. Um, so there's a couple of ins and outs. Um, but uh, the Harold Matthews will also be taking place at the same time, Saturday 9th of March at 10 a.m., Rabbitohs and Eels. Red and that'll be taking Oval. place at Redfern Oval. And I think they've got it wrong on the New South Wales website because they've got Ims, Miles Martin, <laughs> and Asini Kafusi and outs. Miles Martin as well. So um, um, is yeah, he so in or is he out? Should what, I stay or should I go? What it is it's, is um, they kick classes and in because last week he was in the number sixteen, but this week he's in the reserves. But he's also out of the team because he's not in the seventeen. So AKA it's the um, the Schrodinger superposition. So he, <laughs> he's in a in a paradox. You know he exists in two different uh, what's it called. Uh, Places at the same time. And he's, um, so he's and both playing team. and not playing. That's right. He's both playing and not playing. But yeah, but he's, he's, always, he's on the reserves bench, so he's probably won't be playing. I'd, I'd hazard a guess. It was too good last week. That's what it was. They're too scared <laughs> of unleashing him properly. That you know, the NR, the NSWRL has actually asked, "Oh, <laughs> got can you not like? Yeah, just you, we've seen too much of the mullet already. Can you just hold it off for a little bit longer?" What's that? Insert the uh, Hangover movie uh, gif. Alan trying to count cards. How to work that out? <laughs> the whole uh, in and out shit. You, 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 if, if you got to see the mullet to realise how good it is, that's well, it's making a little bit of a renaissance at the Eels. Ethan Parry's rocking a pretty good yes, mullet. So is and, uh, um, Ray, Ray Stone. Stone. Couldn't pick them apart when they were sitting on the um, bench, or not on the bench together, but in the players' box together. Come on, Smoker. Harry's a copycat. He copied Lane's mustache, and now he's copying Ooh. this guy's um. Parry oh, no. I'm a fan of Parry. I, I, I don't, I don't you'll know be, if everyone remembers from Parry. the pod. You'll be, you'll be banished from the pod, mate. Don't even, don't even. I'm just, too, I'm too worked up. I'm too, I don't want to. I don't so, want to. You know, Ham, we won twenty nil. It's all right. It's all good. We won twenty nil. That's all. I don't yeah, want to say things that might get us in trouble, but Ethan Perry had a sensational mustache in the preseason, whereas um, Big Sean Lane looked like a caterpillar who sort of died on his lip. So I don't, I don't know. You really want to throw out accusations that Perry's copying people when he has the um, the eighties porn star stash of the century? Like he, he was. You're my favorite on this pod, Birdie. As much as I love myself, you are my favorite. And now you're bottom, you bottom of the you're bottom of the ladder, mate. Bottom oh, of the ladder. Wow. Oh, wow. It's all, it's all okay. good. It's all good. Let's move on to SG Ball. The <laughs> Rabbitohs taking on the Eels at 11.30am, also on Saturday the 9th of March. Ham, will you be in action down at Redburn? Or um, yeah, I'm catching the train down. I'm meeting my good friend 4020 at Strathfield Oval. Strathfield Station. And we're catching the train down to Redfern. And yeah, That's it. I'll, I'll be down there. So we'll be getting updates for both games, hopefully. Um, good old Redfern Oval. But uh, Souths are pretty good. And is it the ball or is it Matt? Nah, Harold Matts have got um, Matt's, Joseph yeah. Sawali, who had That's an article right. written up about him last year that he was getting poached by Rugby Union, 
rugby league kept him, you know, that old chestnut. No, he's yep. rugby league. So they're Harold Matts, I think, undefeated, top of the ladder. But their SG ball is 11th, I'm going to say. And that was the point you were making, is that it's a very odd season for SG ball, isn't it? There's mm. a, if you take a look Ridiculous. at the ladder, it's... You know, you're almost pulling teams out of a hat and putting them... Um, like Central you know. Coast Roosters, they're usually a, a sort of a ninth to 12th team and they're currently sitting fourth. Had a very good game against us. Um, St. George Dragons, usually the Illawarra Steelers are the better of the um, combined venture, but the Dragons are in sitting in seventh now. Penrith are ahead of the top eight. Sydney Roosters are usually pretty good. Um, Rabbitohs are usually up there. So, very weird season for the SG Ball. But yeah, uh, Rabbitohs are 13th. There you go. With one win from four games. Then on to the Country Rugby League Junior Reps. Uh, in the Johns Cup, Parramatta Eels will take on the Newcastle Knights. DS. Uh, I, Development squad. D- Development squad, there you yeah. are. Uh, at McCready Park at Guildford. Guildford, sorry. Saturday at 11.30am. And then the Daily Cup will take place at 1pm. Um, also against the Newcastle Knights development squad at McCready Park in Guildford. And that's all the uh, rugby league we'll have this weekend, um, now that there won't be any top grade or f- top three grade um, trials, um, given everybody's got that week off ready to prepare and and come into the first grade. Um, so uh, I've sent those links out for the tipping for the uh, fantasy and the fantasy draft, so jump in if you want to jump in on that. Um, otherwise, um, there's not too much else to touch on. Yeah, um, the rumour is the prize for winning fantasy and the tipping is a picture with Hamish, with a picture of him with Guffer. You get to take a picture with the picture. It's a picture it didn't big, happen. Very, very big meta thing here for the pod. <laughs> or we, or we, you, you can get rid of my ugly mug and you can have the one with um, my daughter and, and Guffer as well. That, that'd oh. be better. Oh, we made a night... A, a, a jab at you, something into nice, and no, you can't do that. You can't turn it back on us. I was trying to, I was trying to pump it up for our glorious leader Hamish. You know, people get to have, a, <laughs> people get the if they win the tipping comp or the fantasy comp, they get to have a picture with him, with the picture of him with Guffer. Like that's pretty cool. That's, oh, that's a bit like of, bit of breaking news on the podcast. Billy oh? Slater joins the NRL on nine commentary team ahead of the 2019 season. Oh, so another like reason Fox. not to watch Channel Nine. Oh. Still right in the run for um, Wally Lewis medal no, of the series. Did get get KO Sports. How much is it? Twenty five dollars a month. Twenty five for two screens. Thirty oh. for three. Oh, there you go. Look at that. There's no there's what, no difference in the quality of the streams, is it? They're just literally the SD package is two screens and the HD package is three screens. Yeah, that's my understanding. It yeah. can still be broadcast. I think they're going to broadcast some at four K. Um, so if you've got yeah. a 4K television and the, I've got to upgrade my uh, Chromecast to the to the newest one if I wanted to do that. But yeah, Calm so down, you KO Sports, come, come on down. I will say this, is that when I've listened to Billy off the field, aside from his nasally jockey voice, he's actually very insightful when it comes to the game. And I've heard Cooper Cronk and Cameron Smith speak about him as one of the more intelligent you know, uh, players they've, they've you know, played alongside with. So yeah, but he's he a might loser. Have some, he might he's have some loser. value with his insight, but geez, listening to him is going to be tough. He, you know, I've, got, uh, I've got the face for radio and he's got the voice for um, nothing. So. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and he's a poo-poo head as well. Poo-poo <laughs> head. Okay, well, let's cut that off there, Birdie. What have you been up to? Your Twitter handle? Um, uh, I don't know. Actually, uh, 
Oh, the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> greatest ever. T- yeah, it's the greatest ever tight end to have never won a Super Bowl is coming back to the Cowboys. You know, this year, five million dollars deal. Is, this Jason is a Whitton. reverse Billy Slater. They're, they're oh, getting yeah. a shit commentator out of the Monday Night Crew yeah. and putting them back on the field. It's it's a win-win for everyone. Oh yeah, so ESPN except fans, for the Cowboys. Oh, not what do you mean, man? He's a goat. But um, ESPN for a commentator, he was pretty shit. So. I think everyone's everyone. Look, I think my brother's happy. He, like he's for the Super Bowl, he'd rather watch it on Channel Seven and standard definition than HD to listen to uh, Witten. But yeah, uh, what else? Oh, North London derby happened the weekend. My um, Spurs still managed to get a draw. The first draw of the season after what twenty games or eighteen games or something like that. Ridiculous. So um, yeah, other than that, um, bit bit quiet on Twitter. You know, no no bait. No one, no one's trying to piss me off lately. So yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Forty. Uh, I've been um, working hard for my site, the Cumberland Fro. I'm starting to work. Not, not into, very hard. Not very hard. No, just hard. I but mean, why do you have I to work up, if you own the site already? And how, how long did it take to get up your um, your your post? Oh, that was brutal. You know what? I, I had a headache in the morning. <laughs> I had family come over. And I actually like got halfway through it and didn't like what I was typing. I had to just you know start from scratch. And people were yelling at me saying, "It's you know afternoon. You got nothing out. You know you meant to be the premier, you know uh, uh, fan content site for the Eels." Like, it is your on, site. Me, me, it's your site. Give mate. me a little you something. Told, you told us that two weeks ago that it's your site. But, but in my defense, I put out a very good article on Ethan Parry from my, the start of my rookie watch series in the run to round one. So I've got another week and a bit to get some stuff out for Maker Sevo and a couple of other boys. Um, aside from that, so so, ma- uh, so make is the next one. Can you can you give us a little clue as in who's the one after that? Don't tell well, us the name. I just want a clue. Let me let me look at my my sweet little picture because I'm going to tell you that the biggest star is probably going to come last. But um, I'm thinking, well, if uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with the um, we're going to go make a save over then a player that's already got a first grade game or two under his belt. So oh, um, gotcha. Dally M Rookie of the Year candidates need to play three games or more to be ruled out for um, rookie status. So there's um, one player that played a couple of games last year that hopefully can feature a little bit more this season. And um, I'll, I'll put something about him soon. Aside from that, um, Andrew Bogut's gone back to the NBA. Uh, the uh, what, What's it called in Australia? What is our basketball competition called? NBL. NBL. He was the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year for the Sydney Kings. And um, he's going back to the Golden State Warriors. So, good, get good, good life for him. Yeah, go get another ring. They love him over there, though. Same with um, Del Vadova. He went back to the Cavaliers this year, and he got like he got the same reception that LeBron James got coming back. Like, he's a bona fide cult hero for them. So, that'll be, that'll be pretty cool. Although the Warriors aren't exactly the most interesting team to follow because they're disgustingly good. It seems yeah. to be the, um, the, the way to success you have... Uh, four really good guys, and then you have a tall, lanky Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's definitely the um the secret sauce on um like you know potential dynasties in the NBA. <laughs> but, yeah, and ham. Um, oh, sorry, forty. Oh no, I was going to say that, that that's about it, and it's good to have the footy just about back. Ham. Um, start on a somber note. Few few people passed away recently. Keith Flint of the Prodigy, the Fire Starter. Um, you know. Listen to the prodigy grow, growing up and everything, and uh, it's a, it's a shame to see him, another one commit suicide. So if anyone out there is struggling, uh, make sure you talk to someone, anyone about it. Um, King Kong Bundy died. He was a wrestler from the mid 
mid-80s, headlined WrestleMania. Um, he passed away. And then, obviously, um, Luke, Luke, Luke Perry. So, yeah, three people have passed away. And it's, it's, it's disappointing that we're losing more good people from this from the world. So, sorry to end it on a somber note, but not much else has happened in my life, so... And and also Steve the Bear Hall as well from Country Rugby League, uh, passing away on Saturday the second of March. Mm. Um, other than that, yeah, not much going on in my world. But you can catch us on, at the Para Podcast on Twitter and forward slash Para Podcast on Facebook. Um, so have a dig, jump in there. Um, I've got those videos working on the Facebook page. So uh, if you want something that's more difficult to watch or view or listen to than actually downloading the podcast um, you're quite welcome to go to the Facebook feed <laughs> um, other than that I don't think we've got too much we're, we're under two weeks away from first grade um, other than celebration for the 50th episode um, we'll have the 51st next week which will be uh, previewing the first match against the Panthers on Sunday at 4pm uh, grab those tickets as well I'm about to grab mine um, once we finish up here um, so that uh, I understand the grandstand's pretty much sold out, so you'll be getting general admission on the hills at either end. Can we just talk about tickets for a second? I had a look for um, prizes for Newcastle tickets today, and for a family sitting on about the 30-metre line on the opposite side to where they run out, 150 bucks. Whoa. Are they serious? How can you... How can you, with a straight face, put that price out for people like... I like to go to as many games as I possibly can. Now, I'm going to go up there with my dad and my grandfather. And how... I don't understand how they expect people to pay that sort of money and expect them to turn like it up. 30, what was it? 37.50 a ticket? That's usually yep. like, like pretty much premium tickets for most games. When you're selling yeah, a family ridiculous. class, you're meant to be getting value. Like yeah. Even if the, the, the ticket's are in a slightly inferior position, you're meant to be you know selling for like $20 or something like that. Yeah. I understand that 30 metre line, you're still, still pretty good real estate there. You've got up. But for, for a family of 450 bucks, come on, Newcastle, you got to... And it's not only Newcastle, they're mainly uh, majorly ex- expensive for what they trot out for a game day. Um, you know, there's just got to do something about, especially for an away ticket as well. I know the EPL have a, a cap on um, ticket pricing for away seats, I think the NRL need to look something like that where yeah, where they just limit the price so people can actually turn up and make it actually look good on TV. Because at the moment, you see a crowd of 10,000 or 30,000 seat stadium. doesn't look good on TV. KO Sport looking better by the minute. <laughs> I like to go to games, but I like to go to games, mate. Ah. <laughs> Just before we do finish up, I'm just worried watching the highlights while we're there. Um, Dylan Brown getting James Maloney sent to the bin. That was fantastic. (laughs) 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 Um, So uh, that about wraps it all up. Um, 25 bucks, I think it was, just for general admission at Penrith, so it's not much better. Um, Yeah, almost spat the the water out when you see that. Um, Who who wants to go to Penrith, honestly? I had to I had to wash myself about ten times when I got home. <laughs> I thought I might have contracted syphilis with all the Whoa. all the things that were flying around out there. 
Well, I had to wash myself. It was because it was so freaking hot and there was no water out there. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, as we said, under two weeks away. um, Catch the junior reps. Uh, The Country Rugby League will be live on Facebook. uh, Sorry, on YouTube. Um, So, the Bar TV, if you want to catch that. Um, Are we playing the um, the West Coast Pirates in the SG Ball and Harold Mats sometime? No, um, we get to play the Victoria Thunderbolts, I think, next week. Yeah, that's unfortunate because when we play over there, they have a live stream to it. So yeah. I, I assume there has to be something with the TV rights deal or something that, that, that prevents, prevents yeah. them and from broadcasting it. NRL, another thing, stream your games on YouTube. So much easier. I tried to I tried to rewatch, and because I live in an area with terrible internet, I had to stream it, what's the lowest, 180, 182p? 240p, I, I think, is the lowest usually, but there might, might go on that. 240, then 360, yeah. Yeah, oh, whatever it was. I just dream at the absolute lowest, so everyone looked like a potato out there. They all looked the same, because I couldn't tell the difference. Put it on YouTube. I can stream it so much. I can do it so much easier. I can, you can also comment on, on the game as well on YouTube app. Or the yeah, YouTube exactly stream. right. Yeah, timestamp comments and whatnot. It's, yeah... So and much easier. The highlights on YouTube. That's what the NFL does, and it's fantastic. It's yeah. so, so much easier. Yeah, and and as I talked about before, the NBA actively encourages its fans to post stuff on Twitter, like you know, video compilations and you know, memes and all the you know the funny stuff, and because it's it's a you know improvement of the brand. It's you know it's free advertising, but the NRL are a little bit behind the times there. Full of old men. That's why. So yeah, get some young people right. in there. Social media. And before we start uh, sounding too much like old men, I think we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> All right, well, All right, enjoy your rugby league this weekend and um, only a couple more sleeps now until it's round one. Cheers. A couple more sleeps? That's, oh, okay, a couple enough. of couple sleeps, I suppose? Yeah, it's more Three couples couple. of couples? If you'd, be, if you'd be smoking a bit of meth okay, only bye. for a couple of sleeps. <laughs> Au revoir. See you guys. The worst is our segment. Thank you.